Give Us This Day Evening Edition is a devotional reflection upon the New Testament lesson from the Order for Evening Prayer from the Book of Common Prayer 1928. These reflections are written and presented by Father Charles Erlinson, who serves at the Church of the Good Shepherd Reformed Episcopal Church in Tyler, Texas. Today is Wednesday of the 20th Sunday after Trinity. The lesson is taken from Matthew chapter 20, verses 17 through 34. And Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples apart in the way and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him. And the third day he shall rise again. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons worshipping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She saith unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand and the other on the left, in thy kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of, and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They say unto him, We are able. And he saith unto them, Ye shall drink indeed of my cup, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. And when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. And as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou Son of David. And the multitude rebuked them, because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou Son of David. And Jesus stood still and called them, and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? They say unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them, and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Have you ever wanted to be great? I think that's been a dream of mine since I was little. One of my earliest ways of obtaining glory for myself was to become a great football player. As kids, we used to play at a strip of field at Kenwood Elementary School in Champaign, Illinois, only a block away from our house. I used to be very fast and quick, Mr. Outside, while my twin Danny was good at bullying his way through defenders twice his size, Mr. Inside. Because I was fast, especially in long distances compared to my peers, I also wanted to be the world's record holder in the mile. Jim Ryan was my hero, and he held the world record in the mile from 1966 to 1975, at 3 minutes and 51.5 seconds. But every year more of my peers seemed to be as fast, and I knew it was all over in 7th grade, when a stupid sprinter almost caught me in the mile during P.E. class. The best mile I ever ran was a 5.26. I'll spare you my foray into politics, 
but feel I must make some mention of my desire to obtain glory by becoming a famous writer. I've always wanted to write, ever since I was in second grade, and in fifth grade started on a novel, about a fictitious family that sounded suspiciously like my own, except that the twins were not named Danny and Charlie, but Danny and Danny. This way there was comedic material in the confusion of names, as well as a way for me to exempt myself from the stupid things that kids in my novel did. Somehow my first novel, Tomorrow is for No One, never found a publisher, much less make me a famous novelist. There's a part of me that still wants to be great. But if not as a football player, miler, politician, or writer, then what? Maybe there's another way to think about human greatness. Who are the great men and women of history? Most naturally, we might think of people like Julius Caesar, Hannibal, Charlemagne, Napoleon, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln. Some might more naturally think of people like Albert Einstein, Louis Pasteur, William Shakespeare, Beethoven, or Picasso. We might think of world leaders or even some of the heroes of the Bible. But Jesus' teaching on greatness calls into question the standard by which we measure greatness. Greatness, in our common understanding of greatness, comes in a number of different varieties. We call some men great simply because of the magnitude of their accomplishments. Julius Caesar and Napoleon are generally considered to be great, based on the magnitude of their dreams and successes. As grand as their achievements are by certain standards, there's a part of us that realizes that world conquest and domination is not a good measure of success or greatness. We know this because we would stop short of calling Adolf Hitler great, in spite of his incredible achievements. Some are great because they have nearly superhuman powers. Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Usain Bolt, and a host of other athletes we idolize. Others are great because they're excellent at what they do. Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, and the scientists, writers, composers, and artists such as those I listed above. All of these are great in their own way, and all of them will pass away with this earth. But today Jesus offers wannabe great men like myself a way to achieve true and permanent greatness. The funny thing is that it's 180 degrees away from the normal paths to human greatness. Normally, greatness begins and ends with me. I'm great because I've done this. It's all about me and what I've done and the attention that people pay to me. Not so in Jesus' kingdom. For whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. As many times as I've read, heard, and meditated on this passage, it still jars me. Not as much as it used to, but it jars me because it is so contrary to everything the world tries to teach me. In fact, to most people, it will probably sound nonsensical. How can being a servant or slave be a path to greatness? It depends on how you measure greatness. If your goal is to have everyone bow before you and serve you, then serving is a lousy path to greatness. But if your goal is to be like God and to share in His far greater glory, then this is the path to glory. I find great encouragement in this passage. I completely acknowledge how difficult this path is. There are times when I silently serve and almost begin to think to myself, what a waste of my gifts and talents. There are times when it seems as if no one recognizes the many sacrifices I make to serve others. I'm taken for granted, ignored, overlooked, and underappreciated. I sound to myself like Marvin the Paranoid Android from The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, who was this amazingly intellectual robot, had a brain the size of a galaxy. Here they have the opening doors instead. I'm still not too crazy about it when the Lord asked me to serve in a capacity in which I know I'm not very good, but the truth is that I've sort of grown to like it. There's something contagious about serving, something more mysterious and profound than mere human glory. In fact, in my more lucid moments, I realize just how joyful and glorious serving is 
because I realize that by serving, I am being like my master. And that's what I really want after all. What I really want is for the invisible audience of one to notice me and feel as if I'm pleasing to him. For what seems like slavery and thankless drudgery here on earth is perfect freedom and laudable worship in heaven. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. If I want Jesus all of Jesus, then I must come to serve him as he first served me. Everything about his life, from the way he was born, to the beginning of his public ministry and his teaching and healing, to his washing his disciples' feet, to his praying for the disciples, to his passion, to his crucifixion, scream out, Service and Sacrifice! If that is how the King of Glory came to us, then that is how we must go to him, where we will find true greatness. The amazing thing is that he who is glory is willing to share that glory and greatness with me. I can have no true greatness and glory on my own, but because of the humility of God who became man and the sacrifice of the cross, I have been offered true greatness and glory, but I have to share it, which in this case is just fine with me. Do you want the greatest glory and greatness of all? Then learn to be the servant of all. The greatest glory and most glorious greatness you can ever hope for is the glory and greatness of Jesus Christ. By serving him as he first served, and by serving him by serving others, you are united to Jesus. And where is he? In the glory of the Father, at his right hand in the heavenly places. That's what serving does, you know. Heaven and earth are usually invisible to each other, and sometimes this clouds our minds. On earth, serving in humility looks like an invisible and thankless way to Nowheresville, while in heaven it is a visible and glorious sharing in the life of the sun. On earth, human greatness and success look great, but in heaven it is often an invisible and insignificant thing. Human greatness is often invisible in heaven because often it has more in common with the other place than it does with heaven. And so I don't need anything else today. I can still keep my dreams if I want, but I've now got all I really need. All I need is to figure out where the Lord wants me to serve today, for if I do this, then he shall call me great, and great I shall be. Give Us This Day Evening Edition is a presentation of Always With Christ Radio, radio in the Anglican way.